Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, I invited my friend Sarah to take a deep dive into living with a food sensitivity. Sarah has celiac disease and since being diagnosed, has altered her diet, which has led to improvements in her gut health, energy levels, and even her mental health. She played a big role in helping me uncover my gluten sensitivity and has helped me navigate the personal and social challenges that come along with making this big dietary change. I learned a lot from this episode and think you will too, especially if you prioritize your diet. Enjoy this episode with Sarah. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am joined by one of my best friends, Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I am so excited to be on here. I've always wanted to be on a podcast and I'm so happy it's yours. Good. I'm so glad that I can be your first. We're going to have a really fun conversation. Um, So before we dive into our topic today, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So as Julie said, we are besties, but um, Julie and I met, well, let me start first with myself. So I um, currently live in Philadelphia. I work for the VA, Um, but how I got there was I started, or I was at the University of Scranton in 2015 and I studied um, health administration. And then I got my master's um, the year later in 2020 and completed a residency Um, at the VA in Philadelphia. And then I was lucky enough to get a job there after my residency. So I've been here ever since and I'm loving it. That's awesome. Yeah. Sarah and I go way back through college together. And um, because of that, we have been together through discovering Sarah becoming gluten-free. So today's topic, we're actually talking about food sensitivities and um, Sarah has a lot of good advice for, you know, how she's adapted to becoming gluten-free and stuff like that. Um, So Sarah, food sensitivities and intolerances in general are becoming so common nowadays. Like so many of us have a sensitivity. And it wasn't too long ago that you discovered that you have celiac disease. So can you just talk a little bit about your journey with that? Sure. So it's definitely been a long journey, but um, it didn't really start until college when I really kind of focused and became completely gluten-free. So my whole dad's side, um, I have, I have some family members that are gluten-free and, um, I've been getting tested since I was a little kid because I had the gene for it. So I always got tested and they were always like, your levels are fine. Like maybe when you get older, something will happen. And then it wasn't until sophomore year of college where my levels were a little bit high. And I was like, Hmm, let me get, um, not a colonoscopy, a, um, a scope to see if there's any inflammation or damage. So I ended up getting, um, a scope my sophomore year and there was some, a little inflammation, but they continued to say, just keep eating it, keep eating it. And then finally my senior year, I, so what was that? 2019. Um, I went to a doctor at Columbia in New York and he took extra little, samples, um, from my intestines and found, um, a lot of damage. So in 2019, I, I guess it was August. I became completely gluten-free and it's been one of the best things. Honestly, my overall health is better. Um, it related a lot to anxiety that I was um, dealing with. So that's helped a lot. And I just feel just 
overall really great. Yeah, definitely. And when you first started looking into it, so you mentioned that you've been getting tested since you were young, which I actually didn't know that. Um, but when did it kind of get to the point for you that you were like, something is wrong? Like, were you experiencing symptoms? Yes. So I noticed in my digestion, just, I mean, at college, you're eating a lot of crappy things. You're drinking a lot of beer. And I always noticed, like, I just was so bloated and I just like never felt good after I ate those things. And also I was starting to experience a lot of anxiety symptoms. And I was like, something's going on. Like, I'm just, I'm really off balance. And I learned that like a lot of your hormones are stored in your gut. Again, I'm not a doctor, so please, (laughs) this is all what I've learned from my doctor, but my, my stomach wasn't balancing all these hormones because I wasn't digesting the proper nutrients. So I really, once I got that balanced out, I feel like my whole body balanced out. It's just like so important to have a healthy gut and really stick to this diet. I don't know. It's just been really good for me. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's definitely something that I've only truly learned about recently from a personal experience, how important food is not just in terms of like macronutrients and for fueling your muscles, but also for inflammation, right? Like food can either help reduce inflammation and make you feel good, or it can do just the opposite. And you mentioned that you also have experienced some anxiety in the past and you feel like becoming gluten-free helped you in a positive way with that. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, I guess it was just my hormones were so imbalanced, whether that was just from stress from school, um, like maybe my thyroid, like who knows really what's going on. But um, I definitely think now that all of my nutrients are being absorbed and my body's really responding well to this gluten-free diet, I think other parts of my overall health really benefit from that. Um, And I can just attribute that to being gluten-free. Yeah, definitely. And again, like one point we'll make here in the beginning is not everybody has a sensitivity to gluten or needs to go gluten-free, right? But I think that there's a lot of us walking around who have some kind of intolerance to food, right? And we kind of just attribute it to like being normal. Like think about how many times we've gone out to eat or gone out for drinks and like you just feel awful after, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you made a really good point. I'm sure we'll talk about this more later on, but it's not for everyone. And being gluten-free doesn't necessarily make you healthier. It's really just how your body responds and reacts to it. Because some people, like when you are gluten-free, you don't get some nutrients. For example, a lot of gluten-free people are anemic or you don't get folic acid in your diet, which is really important for osteoporosis prevention. So Although it may make you feel better, it also could contribute to some things down the road that you may necessarily not have got if you were eating gluten. So it really, if you do want to do it and you are doing it, I think it's great, but also you need to really educate yourself and understand that there are some benefits, but there are also some negative aspects of it. Yeah, definitely. I guess it all just comes down to like knowing your body, right? For some people- For some people, gluten is not a problem and maybe they have a sensitivity to dairy products or high amounts of sugar or even like fatty foods, you know? Um, Was there ever a point where like you thought that something else was bothering you or was gluten always a suspect for you? I always thought gluten was a suspect just because like with my family history and always getting tested, I knew eventually I would become gluten-free. I just didn't realize it would be in college. 
I also just thought that my lifestyle, I mean, again, you work out and stuff, but like your lifestyle in college is not real life. So I just thought maybe it's just the, what I'm eating and drinking and like, it doesn't have anything to do with being celiac or gluten-free. So yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm completely with you on that. Um, so in terms of being gluten-free now, let's just talk basics for somebody who doesn't really know, like what gluten is, what kinds of foods have gluten in them? Sure. So the basic foods are just breads, like pastas, a lot of like cookies, cakes, brownies, anything with wheat in it is considered gluten. Um, so those are the basics, but also things that are like kind of unknown and surprising. Um, well, also beer. We, we loved beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some things like soy sauce has gluten, a lot of different like sauces, like in pastas or like in soups and dips have gluten in it. Um, sometimes some alcohols that we don't think is gluten-free, like some gins have it. So you always have to be mindful of um, gluten. Yeah, definitely. If gluten is something specifically that you are um, keeping an eye out for, the fundamental like components are wheat, barley, rye, and oats. And with oats, there's like a little bit of a gray area. I know there are some oat products that are gluten-free. Some don't really specify and it has to do more so with how they're processed. Um, but yeah, I mean, so in general, so when you first became gluten-free, you mentioned that your dad and your family, um, has experienced this. So you might've had some personal experience, but what were some strategies that you used for navigating it? Like in terms of grocery shopping and going out to eat and things like that? Sure. So one of the things actually that was really helpful was my doctor recommended a a nutritionist um, to see. And again, not everyone has the availability and luxury to see nutritionists. So you can always YouTube nutritionists as well. But she kind of went over a list of foods that to really focus on and also a list of foods to avoid completely. So like going to the grocery store the first time, I guess I did have experience with my dad's side of the family, but also hearing the nutritionist, like really staying away from, again, like the pastas, um, the baked goods, the like breaded anything, and really focus on like rices and vegetables and meats and really reading labels. That's the big thing. And once you kind of get used to it, it's really easy. And also nowadays it's, um, it's really awesome because they have the GF sign on the front or everything's mm-hmm. labeled gluten-free. So I definitely think like making a grocery list before you go, kind of creating a checklist of what you can and can't have really helps you like start this whole journey. Yeah, I completely agree. And that goes for any food sensitivity nowadays. I feel like in the year 2022, it's not a bad time to have a food sensitivity because nowadays you go to the store, you got the gluten-free section, the dairy-free section, right? So it definitely seems to be more um, like easy to access, you know, this information than it used to be. Yeah. At the same time, going in with a plan is, is really important. Um, And, you know, for me personally, I also recently discovered that I have a sensitivity to gluten. Um, I was actually living with Sarah over the summer in Philadelphia And I had been experiencing symptoms of GERD and inflammation and bloating for about a year. Um, I had gone to a doctor. I got an endoscopy. It didn't reveal anything. He said, you have GERD, take this pill and you'll be fine. Um, But myself being somebody interested in in health and holistic, you know, approaches to things, I was like, 
but why do I have GERD? But why do I have these symptoms? You know, and um, through awareness and through paying attention to what you're putting in your body and how it makes you feel, that's how you can root these things out. So if you're listening and if you just feel off, right? If you feel nauseous and bloated, then for me, nausea was actually my main symptom. I would wake up in the morning nauseous and like freak out because I didn't know what was going on. And it happened for so long until I kind of accidentally wasn't eating gluten because I was meal prepping um, rice for lunches with like chicken or beef. I was having potatoes as my carb for dinner. And I was just like, oh my God, why do I feel so good? And being the New Yorker that I am and, and mm-hmm. stars from New Jersey. So the hardest thing for us about being gluten-free is that we live in the world of bagels and pizza. Yeah. Um, what happened over the summer with me is when I would go home on the weekends to see my boyfriend or go to the beach and see my friends, I would drink beer and I would eat pizza and I would feel like absolute garbage. And I was like, wait a second, there's got to be some kind of correlation here, right? So all of that being considered, it definitely is all about self-awareness and kind of paying attention to how you feel, right? Absolutely. And also self-awareness could be, it also becomes fun because you get to follow all these new like blogs or Instagram accounts or read magazines and really just like expand your like what you get to eat. I think that's also super cool and like use new ingredients in your cooking or baking. Um, that's just like something I've thought that was so cool about being gluten-free. I don't know. It's just like really opens your eyes to different things. Yeah. I love that way to turn a negative into a positive. That's Absolutely. a really good way that's to, what we to gotta, have. That's what we got to do in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But let's talk about that a little bit. I know that since becoming gluten-free, like you said, you love trying out new recipes. Has meal prepping and kind of like making your own food been a big um, like thing for you to help manage being gluten-free? 100,000%. I think the biggest challenge for me personally, I never really, I don't eat out. I try not to eat out until like Friday night. So eating out and being gluten-free is very difficult. It's not very difficult, but it can be difficult. So having a meal prepping and planning out what you're going to eat really, again, allows you to get the nutrients you need and really helps you avoid accidentally eating gluten if you order out. So every Sunday, I really try to get a grocery list going, plan out my meals, like lunch and dinner. And honestly, Trader Joe's has been the savior of my life. (laughs) They have so many gluten-free options. And in Philly, there's a dime a dozen here. So I can go right down the street to Trader Joe's and get all of the products I need for the week. So definitely meal prepping is my number one advice for everyone. Yeah, definitely. And for a few reasons, like, like you said, being able to make your own food decisions and be in charge of what you're eating will make sure that you're eating the right things. But also like when you don't have food prepared, you're more likely to have to grab something on the fly conveniently. You know, I'm sure we've all had those situations where like you're out shopping or you're driving far away and you're like, Oh my God, I'm starving. And when you have a food sensitivity, regardless of what it is, whether it's oils or gluten or dairy, like if you're going to like some kind of grab and go place, it's really hard to find those foods that are good for you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually think maybe I take back what I said before restaurants are definitely easier, but the grab and go convenience, Hey, I'm on the road. Let me quick up, quickly pick up something where usually we want to do a sandwich, granola bar, 
like a, like a cheese it or something, I don't know, something quick. And those mm-hmm. all have gluten. So you're not going to, you don't want to just stop and eat a salad real fast. So I definitely think meal prepping and kind of knowing your schedule for the week and being like, if I have something at night, okay, let me have a really hearty snack, apples and peanut butter, um, gluten-free protein bar, and really get those nutrients and eat those really good gluten-free foods for you instead of just going right to the convenience store and just only getting, I don't know, the, the, the carb that's not really the best for you. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of restaurants, I know that one thing that can be intimidating for some people mm-hmm. when they are either trying to avoid a food sensitivity or even somebody who's just like on a specific diet and only has certain foods that they're incorporating, like um, it's difficult going out to a restaurant sometimes, especially with other people, right? Like mm-hmm. I know that, you know, for you having celiac disease, like you need to avoid this gluten, but for some people they might choose to not eat it because of inflammation or whatever it is. Like what advice would you have for somebody going out to a restaurant with friends or like, is there anything they can do ahead of time to kind of like decrease anxiety and say, okay, like, I know that I'll be okay at this restaurant. Yes. I have three things that has helped me tremendously. So the first thing is to do your research. So I say, I'm just going to use a random restaurant chilies. I don't know. It just came to my head. I would, before I go, I would say gluten-free menu at chilies and you can, it'll come right up. You'll be able to see ahead of time what your options are. Cause sometimes at the restaurant, they don't have a gluten-free menu available. So at least, you know, on your phone ahead of time, like, oh, I can get this salad. Oh, I can get this turkey burger without the bun. And that really helps me. Um, and also the second thing that has really helped is, I know this may sound a little crazy, but recommending the restaurants to your friends. So if your friends are like, oh, hey, let's go out to dinner. Be like, I have a little notes in my phone of all these gluten-free restaurants I want to try. And I think it is also important when I say gluten-free restaurants, not everything is gluten-free, but they have gluten-free options. So I'm like, oh, hey, how about this really cool restaurant? Let's try it. And don't really start with this gluten-free restaurant. Really be like, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And in the back of your mind, knowing there's a lot of gluten-free options for me, like this is perfect. Um, And also the third thing that I found is really helpful is just really being really upfront with the waiter, waiter, waitress. Sometimes you think like, oh, this, again, this turkey burger can be gluten-free because usually turkey burgers are, but I actually found one time they hid breadcrumbs in it. Like, and I had no idea. So just being open and honest with your waiter waitress is like really avoid having gluten. And at least the kitchen's aware of your allergy. Wow. Those were really great tips, Sarah. Thank you for that. Um, and I really like just like being proactive about it, right? Like if your diet is something that is really important to you, again, whether it's for weight loss purposes, whether it's for food sensitivity purposes, take action, call the restaurant ahead of time, suggest a restaurant to your friends. That's really, really good advice. Absolutely. And also like always having, like, say you're going out of town for the weekend and you don't know where you're going to be eating, always carry that protein bar in your bag so that at least you're having something fulfilling. And if you can only really get a side salad, at least you're getting that protein beforehand and you're not so like you're, unless you're starving and then you're gravitating towards things that you're not supposed to be eating. So I definitely think it can be really anxiety ridding, sorry, what's the word? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but there's so many ways you can be proactive about it that I really like 
been excited to try new things just because I'm like, oh, wow, this restaurant has new gluten-free things. Let's try it. So I think being proactive is the best thing. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, and you know, the beginning of any journey is the hardest. So if you're listening to this and you're starting a new diet or you're starting to limit some kind of food that bothers you, um, it's hard at first to make these adjustments, to find the right restaurants, to go to the grocery store and get your go-tos. But after a few months of doing it, it becomes routine, right? Like anything else. Yeah. And I also think it's important to like understand that mistakes are going to happen. Like if you have gluten by accident, it's okay. I mean, yeah, you may pay for it later on, but <laughs> like, I still sometimes like if I think things are gluten-free and I, I don't really do my research and I'm just being lazy, like I accidentally eat it and it's okay to make a mistake. And if you have it once, it's not going to ruin your diet or it's not going to ruin your intestines forever. It's just a mistake. And then the next day you completely have a refresh and continue on your journey. Exactly. Yeah. It's more about consistency than perfection, right? Like if you're, if you're focusing on a food sensitivity for the reason of you are experiencing inflammation or fatigue or something like that, um, going one day off track, whether it's by accident or on purpose, it's not going to like totally set you back to the beginning, right? Like you can always get back on track. Yeah. And, and if you do get a bad reaction and it's that kind of like makes you think, oh, wow, this is why I'm gluten-free. This is why I'm avoiding these specific foods. Like kind of like puts that spark under you again and being like, this makes me feel terrible. Is the bagel worth it? Unfortunately, no, as much as we (laughs) want it, but (laughs) it really could, it just makes you realize like, wow, like I just feel so much better without it. I had it, it happened. Then you just kind of move on with it. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. And I feel like selfishly, I'm getting so much out of this episode with you right now because of being pretty new on this journey. Um, and yeah, I mean, it happens to me all the time. Like I've definitely gotten better with it recently, but in the beginning of this journey for me, like cooking wise, I was great at Mm -hmm. buying things that I knew were gluten-free, but then I remember I came home one weekend. I went to one of my favorite spots to grab lunch. I got like a chicken teriyaki bowl and I felt awful the next day. And, And for me, like I mentioned, the manifestations of inflammation that I get from gluten is I get a headache. I get nauseous, definitely fatigued, um, just inflamed. And I felt awful the next morning. And I was like, I didn't eat anything that has gluten. And I was kind of going back and teriyaki sauce has soy sauce, which has gluten. So like I got frustrated with myself, but then I realized, okay, like now that's something to look out for. Right. Yes, definitely. And I don't know if this is off track, but it just kind of came to mind, but One thing that like chicken teriyaki, like I was craving lo mein the other day and I was like, obviously I can't have it, but really making things like at home gluten-free. So say you really want that chicken teriyaki or say you are craving pizza, make them and put it in your freezer because you just never know when you're going to want it. And those are the foods that like you crave and like when you're not feeling great or you're craving when you're like, you just really want it. And having those readily accessible in the freezer definitely has helped me satisfy that craving. And also just like makes me more, more prepared in those times. So. Yeah, definitely. And again, like another tip that's just so characteristic of, of any diet, um, preparing ahead of time is so you're so much more likely to stay on track. Mm -hmm. You know, we love to be able to make convenient food choices. And like we said, one of the biggest barriers to having a food sensitivity 
is convenience because it's not as easy to grab something that's convenient for you. So set yourself up for success, meal prep, put it in the freezer. And it's like the same thing as buying the box of frozen pizza, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're like on weekends, staying with a boyfriend or staying with a family member, that buy an extra bag of bagels and store it in their freezer. So you always have something like, I know it's sometimes hard to prepare and plan, but like, honestly, that has been the biggest change for me is having those options readily available at places that are not my home. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Um, and on the topic of like, you spoke about that you love Trader Joe's and that there are kind of some like typical foods that you go for. Do you have any advice for like stores that are really good with gluten-free and like food sensitivities in general, or even just like certain products that have worked well for you? Yes. So I, for supermarket wise, I think my top three are Trader Joe's. Aldi has a ton of gluten-free options, whether it's snacks, actually, I think they have the best snacks out of everyone. Um, and then Wegmans, um, Whole Foods, obviously has great stuff, but I found their, their stuff to be a little bit more expensive and out of my budget, which is fine. Um, I will say they have the best pasta. <laughs> um, the Whole Foods, like 365 brand, their penne is amazing. Like my roommate, she's not gluten-free, but she eats that pasta instead of just regular like Barilla pasta. Um, and also my boyfriend loves like some of the gluten-free things I bring back from there. Um, but definitely if you have access to Wegmans, Trader Joe's and Aldi, I would really start there. But food stores are really becoming advanced in these like different allergy like sections. So there's usually a gluten-free section in your hometown's grocery store. Or if not, um, you can always like try Amazon has a lot of good stuff or a lot of bloggers like maybe have like links to different products. You can always try that too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And we talked in the beginning a little bit about um, typical foods that have gluten, the pizza and the bagels and um, pastas and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. do you, have you found a way to still enjoy those foods being gluten-free? Like what are those, what is like the gluten-free version of those foods like composed of? So for, so for example, like pizza, like I love a cauliflower crust mm-hmm. or, um, a lot of restaurants now have, they use rice flour instead of just regular flour for their, um, dough. So that's really good. A lot of pastas are made with corn. Um, so that's also been really helpful. And I've also seen in a lot of, um, Asian restaurants that they have gluten-free soy sauce available. So that was definitely something that was tricky for me because I love sushi, um, but again, it goes back to just asking, like be upfront and just say, Hey, like, what do you have available? That's gluten-free. And I'm sure there's going to be 10 times more things than you really thought there was going to be. Yeah, definitely. Like, don't be embarrassed to ask. I mean, when I first started on this journey, I don't know why I felt embarrassed to be sitting at the table and being like, is this gluten-free? But at the end of the day, like it's your health, it's your life. And that's what they're there for to answer your questions, exactly. you know, regardless of what the sensitivity is, like, don't be embarrassed of it. And once you ask and once you know, you know, right? Yeah. And it's like, like you said, it's your health. It's not like you're being quote unquote annoying or picky because you just feel like it, or that's your personality. Like it it could lead to some life altering changes and health issues in the future. And if that means just asking the waiter or waitress or the the host, like, Hey, is this gluten-free? Like that could really like save you from a terrible night or even build up problems in the future. So 
never be afraid to ask. There's, I'm sure there's people that ask way crazier things. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. Um, and then you mentioned some like bloggers and stuff, putting you on the spot. Do you have any like specific accounts or YouTubers or things like that, that it helped you kind of navigate this? Yeah. So I love Erin lives whole. Um, she's actually based in Philly too. She, all of her stuff is gluten-free and if it's, there's one or two things that are not, um, then she kind of, she explains in her blog post what you can do to make it gluten-free. So she's really like the biggest, um, blogger that I love. And also it sounds corny, but my grandma has given me so many, um, different recipes and, um, different like websites to look up on. So I really think that just like, honestly, if you type in like gluten-free chicken teriyaki, you have so many different um, websites to choose from and just look at the stars. Like if someone has something has a hundred stars that are like fives, I just click on it because usually that means it's good. So I love, I don't have like one specific besides Aaron loves whole, but I do think just like searching around the internet, like I find the best recipes and it's okay. If it doesn't, if you don't like it, you just try a new recipe next time. Yeah, definitely. It It is so easy in this day and age to find a version of the food to be gluten-free, to be dairy-free, whatever it is, right? Yes, exactly. And I don't know, like, have you found um, with the holidays in the past, like going to like your aunt and uncle's house or like a friend's house, have you found being gluten-free difficult or do you ever feel like anxious because you don't want them to like change the menu for you? Yeah, definitely. And being that I just started, so we're recording this episode in January of 2022. And I discovered my sensitivity in like August of 2021. So it's been about six months. And in the beginning of it, I was in college, I was living on my own, I was pretty much in charge of my own, you know, food. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this was the first holiday season that I have this sensitivity. And um, again, I've gone through the process of on so many occasions I've been like, well, maybe it's not gluten. Like, let me just try it now. And it always gets worse every time. So if you're listening to this and you think you may have a sensitivity to something, you probably do trust your gut, you know, like no pun intended. Um, but yeah. So like for Thanksgiving, I was going up to my grandmother's house to be with like all of my family and stuffing is probably like top three favorite foods in the entire world. So I was devastated, but like you mentioned, go to the store, do your research, and you can find a gluten-free version of your favorite food. So I went to the Aldi, I found gluten-free stuffing, and I found gluten-free gravy, and I brought my own to Thanksgiving. And I heated it up myself, I made it myself, I put it on my plate, and did anybody know the difference? No. No. Now, in terms of Christmas, that's the hard part, because my grandma, like every grandma, she makes all the cookies and the cake, and she's like, Julie, can you just please have it? And, you know, I'll take a bite because like personally a bite isn't going to bother me, Yeah, but I, there definitely is a little bit of a guilt associated with it. And I think more for me, like in terms of choosing restaurants, like you said, that's kind of the hardest thing of like when you and your girls are planning to go out for dinner and like, you have to like check the menu and like, oh, is there something I can get? Like it can get tricky, but just being proactive about it. And if it comes down to like eat something before you go and just have something light at the restaurant, you know, it is what it is. Exactly. And like, I think that I'm like the biggest, like, I just feel so guilty, like going to someone's house and like them, like rearranging their menu just to fit my needs. Like I 
it still to this day just makes me feel bad, even though that like, they don't care. Like they want to be a gracious host and they want to accommodate you, but also like, like you said, bringing your own dish. So say you were going to like a Christmas cookie party and like, that's not something that we can really partake in. Like we can't really eat those cookies, but you yourself bring your own gluten-free cookies for people to try. And also, you know, that like, Hey, there's one thing I'll be able to eat. So kind of bring things that are your, the what you can eat and others will enjoy it as well. And you don't even have to tell them it's gluten-free. Most of the time they have no idea. Exactly. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Just take it upon yourself, do what's going to be best for you. And other people will be willing to, you know, like learn about it and like, what can we do? And the people who are in your life frequently, like your family and your significant other, like a lot of people are willing to, you know, like have some of the foods that you have. Like you said, your roommate eats the gluten-free pasta too. Like that's great. You know? Yeah. And like some things like gluten-free pretzels are better than regular pretzels. That, that is a fact. That's the one thing that us gluten-free gals have over all of you. Our pretzels are better. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what? We get to, we miss the bagels. We miss the pasta, but you know, we gain, we gain some things in the end, I think. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Now, Sarah, this conversation has been awesome. Super value packed. I just want to ask one more question on the topic of food sensitivity. If, if somebody's listening and feels like their gut is out of whack, if they feel nauseous and bloated and things like that, what advice would you have for them? So I would first obviously talk to your doctor, call your doctor, set up an appointment. Usually what they're going to do is they're going to test for um, these sensitivities. So you're going to get blood work most of the time, or a scope, an endoscopy. Um, And again, say you don't have access to a doctor, you can't afford a doctor right now. Try eliminating the foods that you eat most and see if that's the reason. So say every day for breakfast, you eat a bagel and then for lunch, a sandwich, and then for dinner, pasta, maybe gluten is the reason why you're feeling so sick or feeling bloated or just not yourself. So eliminate that first. And if it's not gluten, then reintroduce that to yourself. And I think it is important when you take something away and then reintroduce it, just don't go back to your full forest. Your body's going to just shut down and be like, what is going on? Like, it's not good. So slowly. So again, say you have each meal, you have, um, wheat in those meals, try for the first week, only having a bagel and then have a gluten-free lunch and then not a gluten-free dinner. And then the second week, having two gluten-free meals and then one non-gluten-free meal until you get to a month and then really start being gluten-free and being consistent. So I think that's my biggest advice for that. Yeah, I agree with you. And one thing that I would add to that is if you are serious about getting to that root cause, um, maybe even like taking some notes or doing a little bit of journaling about how you feel, you know, like my my um, path to gluten-free and Sarah's path were definitely different mm-hmm. where she kind of knew she had the gene. And again, I don't have celiac disease. I just have this sensitivity right now, which means that there's a good chance that I can reverse it, you know, over time. Um, but that being said, you really have to pay attention to like what you're eating and how it's making you feel. Because I, at first I thought it was dairy. I cut out dairy. It still felt like crap. Then I thought it was like fatty foods, you know, like the one night that I felt really awful, I was actually, it was like one of my first dates with my current boyfriend and we went to a restaurant and I got a pulled pork sandwich with sweet potato fries and it was delicious. And I immediately was like burping. It was so embarrassing. I was like, oh my God, we have to go to Walgreens because I need to buy Pepsi AC. Like, I'm so sorry. 
And that, that's a real story. And I thought it was the fatty food. I was like, oh my God, I can't have fried things. I can't have fatty pork. Turns out it was a bun all along. And it took me months to figure it out. So, you know, be patient, be patient yeah. and you'll find it. And that being said, when you do find what it is that's bothering you, if it's gluten, if it's sugar, if it's soy, if it's oils, try your best to reduce it. You know, like it's amazing. You don't realize how good you can feel mm -hmm. until you start to feel better. And you're like, oh my God, I was so tired. I was so miserable. I was depressed. I was anxious. Like the inflammation that is caused by food can manifest physically, mentally, emotionally in your skin. Right. So yeah, no, really try to take it seriously. Cause you know, I know people who know they, they, they're like, Oh, I'm lactose intolerant. And then they go and get like penne vodka and put cheese all over it and laugh about it. And like, of course you feel bad that they're uncomfortable, but it's like, you're just digging the hole deeper. Right. Absolutely. And like everything you said, consistency is key. And if you're really consistent with this diet, like, again, if you mess up, it happens. It's not a big deal, but like, again, you feel so much better. Like I, you, I can't believe how much like certain foods really affect your, your overall self and like your workouts get better. Your home life gets better. Your work life gets better. It's, it's really crazy. Like how much of a difference avoiding some foods that you may have a sensitivity to like really, really impacts your life. It's just crazy. Yeah, no, thank you. I completely agree. And that's exactly why I have this conversation on this, you know, very general health and fitness podcast that I have, but I think it's so important because getting your food in check and getting your gut health in check can be the lever that you need to improve your workouts, improve your mental health, all of those things. So yeah, that's awesome, Sarah. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. And so one last question for you as we kind of wrap things up here, my podcast is centered around setting goals and achieving them with the principles of passion, perseverance, and performance. So tell me, Sarah, what is a personal goal that you have right now? And how are you working towards it? Sure. So actually I have two, if I'm able to share two. Yeah, of course. The more the merrier. <laughs> I, this year, the big thing for me, one is consistency and fitness. Thanks to Julie. And it was crazy. 2018, we took our first orange theory class. Together. Really? I didn't yeah. even know. That. Oh my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Like my first class in my app is 2018 in, um, new city, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We took our first orange theory class and honestly, like I loved it. And I was an athlete growing up and I really missed having that competitive high intensity workout. And I really found that with orange, orange theory. And then, so I started classes again, once I moved to Philly and I was able to afford it, it's definitely a luxury class. Um, if you're able to afford it and with COVID and everything, like this is the first, I feel like year that it's going to be open, like knock on wood for the full 365 days. So really being consistent, like going to all the classes I'm scheduled to, um, hitting that um, one class away from 100 classes, which is so exciting. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so being consistent with, um, fitness and then really also working on finances. Uh, I know we've talked about it, but just not going out to dinner that one night and just eating what you've prepared in the freezer, or do you really need that shirt? No. Um, <laughs> I think, I'm sorry. I, I live in this city, so it's a little noisy right now, but, um, yeah. So really focusing on finances and fitness are definitely my two goals for 2022. And I'm excited to 
see how they go. That's awesome, Sarah. I'm really excited for you. I think 2022 is going to be an amazing year for you. Um, you got your new apartment in Philly. You're doing great. And I'm so proud of you that you found a workout that you love doing. You know, that's another thing I'm really passionate about is there's no best workout. It's what's the best for you. Yeah. So that's awesome. Keep up with that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for introducing it to me. I just, I can't yeah. believe it. like three years already. That was my first class. It's crazy. Definitely. Um, so Sarah, you gave us so much awesome information for anybody who's interested in not only becoming gluten-free, but navigating food choices in general. I would love if you could just share a way that listeners can reach out to you. Sure. So I actually have a gluten-free Instagram, which I guess also would be a resolution for this year, um, is to be more active on it. I was, I've really found some great people, some great restaurants, some great recipes, um, through my gluten-free, um, Instagram, the simple celiac, the period, simple period celiac. Um, and you can always like message me, reach out to me. Also, like I connect, I could connect you with people. I've met people all across the country. So say you live in California, like there's someone I've met from California that has all these good recommendations. I can always introduce you to them via Instagram. So please reach out. I love to meet everyone or get to know everyone, or I just love talking about it. It's fun. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. And Sarah, even though you're not currently very active, the posts that you have up are super valuable. Um, and like you said, like following you on Instagram, like you can then look at who you follow and who follows you and just continue to build that network. Yes, definitely. I definitely just like reshares and reposts. Like I've definitely found so many great things through Instagram and even your Instagram. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was so much fun. I learned a lot. I'm sure that the listeners will get a lot out of this and I'm looking forward to having you on again in the future. Thank you. I'd love to come back. This was so fun and can't wait to listen to it back. And I can't wait for everyone, all of our friends and all of your listeners to hear it. Yes, of course. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. I hope you feel empowered to stick to the diet that makes you feel your best. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and reach out to Sarah or I on Instagram so we can thank you personally for the support. Thank you again for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.